well, that's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Truthfully, I'm polite, so I didn't say it. And then, you know, Heidi White comes on and talks about layers and how good it is in layers and you get more each time. I like y'all a lot, but I started listening more when she said it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't blame you. Welcome to Book Fair. We help thoughtful women find wholesome, life-affirming books for themselves and their families. Are you tired of picking up the latest new release and finding it full of junk you don't want in your life? You are in the right place. This show shares curated content and we do it together within a fun, book-loving community. So pull up a chair at the table and join the feast. Anyway, my brain started working really hard on like arguing with myself and with y'all and with Heidi and with anybody that told me that I needed to push pause on all the things I wanted to do and redo some things I'd already done. Like that sounds like nonsense to me. I have truly not reread any book except for Where the Red Fern Grows because I read it in second grade and I wanted to read it to Trenton in second grade. And then now this year, I'm reading it to Nate in second grade. So literally, Wilson Rawls is the only author I have reread. <laughs> That's not what we're talking about usually. So I just, I just didn't want to do it because I wanted to read something else. Even books that I love. I mean, Gone with the Wind, I've read one time. Like, how can you love it that much if you only read it one time? I don't know. No. It just didn't sound like something I wanted to do. So Amanda and I are classical educators, though, and we have a cycle or a three-cycle pattern, I guess, and then you repeat it. Well, when Nate and I began cycle one for the second time, I keep having all these other mamas say, oh, this is where the magic happens. Like, I would hear Mm. that same sentence. And someone said that sentence in front of me, though I'd already heard it this fall, when my brain was already thinking through Why would I reread? Well, I don't know. Maybe I should consider it because these women are talking about it a lot. So I just started thinking, what would I reread? Like literally, it better be good. What would I reread? And in December, I decided on Great Expectations. Well, you know, I approve of that choice. (laughs) My mind is blown. Can I, can I make a big announcement Yes. Trisha Culp is right. Charles Dickens is the greatest, greatest <laughs> author to ever turn a phrase. Uh, I cannot tell you. This is, this was everything to me. And I loved this book the first time I read it. It's not that I was made to read it and didn't like it. I liked it. But I to speak in like overviews, I got in, I don't know, late high school or early 20s that it was a sad book that it was a book about heartbreak, that it was a gray and dreary tone book. <laughs> so no, we'll talk about cool tone, Trish. It was a cool tone book, maybe. Um, I got no moral themes from it. Hmm. I got, oh, I'll tell you what I didn't get. It's hilarious. Like I didn't get any of the funny at all, truly. Uh-huh. It yeah. was just a lot of words. Well, every and Trisha's big like get mad is that people say Dickens was paid by the word, but here's the deal. I could get paid by the word too, and it wouldn't be good. <laughs> okay, that means nothing. That's not even a slap in his face. That means nothing. It is like watching a silent film and everything is described to you, and then there's humor. Like Joe 
coming to see Miss Havisham in a suit and only talking to Pip to answer Miss Havisham's questions is hysterical. I didn't get that all the first time. I didn't know what to do with this hat. I just keep like picturing him like holding this hat so weirdly, but not knowing how to hold a hat because I don't wear hats. Like I don't wear hats. It's so weird. And I'll just answer Pip's question, except for it was Miss Havisham's question. I'm like that is the. F- I had tears rolling down my face. Charlie's like, I thought you were reading Dickens. I was like, guess what? I didn't know. <laughs> So y'all, I'm in, except for now I'm like, I still have to move forward and read new books, but I think I'd like to schedule for myself a book or two a year to reread. How do you know whether to reread or to keep going? It's a hard question. It really is. And, you know, I really love, speaking of Heidi, I really love the way she talked about great books as cathedrals. That it's a cathedral. And Mm -hmm. the -hmm. first time you walk through the cathedral, you're just taking in what this cathedral is. Where are the windows? What statues does it have? How big is it? You know, just the basic idea. And that's, that's like you talking about the first time you read Great Expectations. You're basically just taking in the story, getting the overall mood, you know, getting a sense of what the thing is. And then when you come back to it, especially 20 years later... Oh, with the I'm maturity an adult now, like an yeah. actual adult. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to start to get some of the depth. You're going to be able to notice some of the nuance, notice some of the themes, notice the humor. Like you're noticing more things. Well, I've also been alive long enough to be really arrogant and then humbled. Mm. And that is yeah. such a punch in the gut. And so when Pip was just shocked and awe at his own behavior and then continued to do it. I'm like, I've been there. I have mm. done that. That hurt to read, though it was so beautifully written. I didn't get that the first time through. I was like, yeah, that would be annoying. <laughs> I mean, because I was <laughs> equally selfish to him at that point in life. Yeah. And and when Heidi talked about the cathedral thing, and then when you were talking about not wanting to reread yet, like wanting to be like, there are all these books I want to read. I think that is super valid, especially when you're first kind of getting into reading or get re mm-hmm. getting into your reading life. And all you can see is all these cathedrals you've never seen. And you just so, want to fly around the world and read them and see them real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just want to go see all the cathedrals because you're newly awakened to the fact that there are all of these beautiful cathedrals. Mm-hmm. And why would I stop and re- revisit one? When there are all of these that I've never seen. And I remember feeling that way when I first kind of reawakened to doing a lot of reading in my adult life. When people talked about rereading, I was like, nope, I got too much to read. I got too much to do. Yes, I've got way too many books I want to read to go back and read something again. So I, I think that's normal. And I think that's fine. Like, I think it's fine to go through a time when you're like, hey, there are so many books I've never read once. I'm gonna... Go discover all of these books and authors I have never read. And then I think for me, as I've gotten the books I really want to read, like these books that I'd had in my mind that I'd always wanted to read, like Crime and Punishment and Little Women and War and Peace. And some of these big, great books that I knew were part of a, what I felt like, like being well-read, part of a good literary education. Once I started to get a good number of those under my belt, then I was like, okay, now when book club wants to go back and reread one of these books, great, I'm here for it. So 
I think it's all just where you are in the journey and what your temperament is. There are some people who just, I think, get more comfort out of rereading something. And I think I'm getting more that way mm-hmm. as I get older. But I think there are people who just really love that. They just really love revisiting an old book like it's an old friend. And their temperament lends more to that. So Charlie Red Atlas shrugged three times in a row. Oh, wow. <laughs> because it was probably a time in his life where he was stuck in corporate America and this was speaking to him on some kind of different way and he was working through stuff. And I asked him, like, why did you choose to do that? And he was doing an audiobook, but it's like 50 something hours of listening. So, I mean, it's so just long. Three times in a row, you know, literally like finish the last page, start wow. the first page, middle of the workday, fine, play it again. Uh-huh. Um, and he said that the first time through, he was just like, yeah. And the second time through, he considered more. And the third time through, he had like a what did he say more like a what now or he could not put a ton of verbiage through but he was like I just I didn't have it yet I needed it again kind of a thing I thought that was so interesting too is that you might not even totally know exactly like I know what I got the second time in comparison with the first time of great expectation and he couldn't quite tell me what he got except that he got it more each time Mm. it just it grew it grew for him um I have a funny a little bit, y'all. So I was, the only book I had reread was Where the Ripper Grows, which, <laughs> you know, we're not going to put in the great books category, even though I really love it. <laughs> and so the first time I was in second grade, so I read it as a child. The, the second time I was a parent and that was a different suite. But this third time when I began it with Nate, I realized that the boy telling the story, you know, he's actually an old man, is the exact age of my dad. So, so mm. I've been a child in the story. Oh, yeah. I've been the parent in the story. And now I'm just me sitting at my dad's feet here at Mouda's childhood. So I cried at different parts in the story. And that's just where the red fern grows. So, like, yeah. what could great expectations be a few times through? What could so many other books be a few times through? Yeah. What was a touching reread for you? I want to say... I haven't actually reread very many books. This is a newer thing for me. And I really relate to your journey, Elizabeth and Trisha. feel like since I have been becoming a reader later in life, and now that I've gotten a few under my belt, I've been a little more open to going back and reading again. Because I heard it too. You know, you should do that for all these reasons we've been saying. And I just dismissed it. Because I thought, ain't nobody got time for that, you know? But I get it. So I've just become more open. I feel like reading these great works have opened me up more, maybe, to that. And now that I've done some of that, I just want to do more and more of it. Mm-hmm. And C.S. Lewis has a quote that reminds me of what you said at the beginning of the podcast. He said, I can't imagine a man really enjoying a book and reading it only once. <laughs> How about that? (laughs) And he also said in, these are both from the collected letters of C.S. Lewis. He also said, clearly one must read every good book at least once every 10 years. I think that's interesting. I mean, that's long enough that you're kind of a different, you know, you've had a bit more experience. Yeah. And he also said, now this is from an experiment in criticism, which we're going to be doing an episode later in the season about books on books. And this would be a great one for that. But he says, in the first place, 
The majority never read anything twice. The sure mark of an unliterary man is that he considers, I've read it already, to be a conclusive argument against reading a work. I mean, I've been there. (laughs) And then he goes on, we have all known women who remembered a novel so dimly that they had to stand for half an hour in the library, skimming through it before they were certain they had once read it. Right. I've I've so do that. So he (laughs) continues. (laughs) But the moment they become certain, they rejected it immediately. It was for them dead, like a burnt out match, an old railway ticket, or yesterday's paper. They had already used it. Those who read great works, on the other hand, will read the same work 10, 20, or 30 times during the course of their life. This is blowing my mind. And this is what Lewis actually did. So to answer your question, Elizabeth, what are some that I've reread? I don't have a really long list, and I have said all of these on the podcast before. So this is not going to be a surprise to our longtime listeners, but Wives and Daughters by Elizabeth Gaskell. And I, and I think I've only read that one twice. But Austin, I I have read some of those several times, three or four mm-hmm. or five times, especially Pride and Prejudice and Persuasion. And then the only other one I've read more than twice is A Christmas Carol. But even just rereading the comfortable ones that have so many wonderful layers and such depth to it that do plug in to the deeper issues of what it means to be human has really whetted my appetite for more. And I got to reread Out of the Silent Planet with everybody and Flannery O'Connor last year, and it was really thrilling to do that. So now that you mentioned um, A Christmas Carol, that's why I chose Great Expectations because I reread A Christmas Carol. I actually started with it and I had forgotten until you said it. And I got so many different things out of it that I thought like, well, I got to continue on this. So yeah, you made me remember that. Oh, good. Yeah. And I think a big key for me, a big bonus to just having dipped my toe into rereading is that it takes the pressure off of my having to understand everything about an intimidating book the first time I read it. I mean, if you could understand everything about Homer the first time you read it, it wouldn't be a great book. Yeah. Or one of the greatest. So I can let the language just wash over me and just understand it's a process because of what I've already experienced. Hmm. And that helps me approach these other works that I really want to read, these really cornerstones, foundational works of the of all of Western civilization. Just like, I'm just going to listen to it, and it's so, I'll just get what I get, and that's fine. Because in 10 years, I might read it again, and I'll get more. Yeah, that's super interesting. And those quotes by Lewis just has my brain spinning on, you know, he is clearly suggesting that we read really good quality works and get to know them well and that that is going to be more beneficial than just getting a whole stack from the library and blowing through them. And I think that's a really interesting thought. And I think it's something that I want to continue to think about Mm -hmm. as I move forward. I actually kind of had this thought that I was questioning still, but your, your Lewis quote is making me come back to it that the first time with great expectations, I heard a story. But the second time I was a student, like I learned, the, I learned some lessons in it the second time. And mm. how amazing would it be to be a student of Charles Dickens? Like, I'd love to be a student of so many different great people throughout time. 
And so what what will be the third time, you know? Yeah, I love that. Like there's nothing wrong with just reading a story. So I did that. But then mm-hmm. I became a student. I had a rereading experience lately. Um, speaking of Lewis, I had read Till We Have Faces several years ago. Mm-hmm. And there were things about it that I, I didn't get for sure. Um, and in a lot of ways, I was just kind of getting the main story. But still, at the end, that book has such a powerful ending. I just remember having a life-changing impact mm. from, I'll just say, the eternal perspective given at the end of the book, the way he wraps up the story. Mm. But then this this speaks to, Elizabeth, your like stage of life thing. I, this time, when I read it, having a 20-year-old son and one of the main relationships in the book is a mother-daughter type relationship. And there's a very powerful scene in the book where the main character finally stands before the gods. It's a retelling of a myth. And at the end, she gets to kind of re- stand before the gods and tell her, tell them her complaint. And when I read that scene this time, I just started bawling. Wow. Because I am at a place of working to let go of my son. Yeah. And that image will stay with me forever. And I didn't get that at all the first time. Like, hmm. I wasn't in that place in life. My kids were there. little. Yeah, my kids were little. I never would have taken that. I don't even know that even though she clearly talks about her as her daughter, as it being a daughter figure, I didn't even really see the relationship that way. And I never would have seen it. I don't think I ever would have even gone to the book for inspiration or learning about that topic because I didn't even see the book that way. But rereading it again brought me this life-changing, soul-healing perspective. So I am continuing to become more and more converted to the idea of rereading things that are really worth rereading. Yeah. And I have reread a lot of things, mostly because of book clubs, because a lot of times I wind up reading something again with a book club. Um, When I reread on my own, I tend to pick up Austin or Dickens. I think Austin and Dickens are kind of my sweet spot. I love so much. You don't even have any idea how much I love that you talked about how funny it is because I think Dickens is so funny. It's so funny. Every scene is hilarious, even and hilarious and sad at the same time. Like that is, that's not an easy thing to do. Like this is so heartbreaking yet really, really funny. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I think Dickens and Austin are sweet spots for me because they're high quality and I can always get something new out of it. Mm -hmm. But I enjoy the journey so much because I love the language and the humor. Yeah. So it's just easy for me to say, oh, let's listen to Bleak House again. Oh, let's listen to Pride and Prejudice again. Um, Things that are a little bit more serious it takes a little bit more of a push to say, let me pick that up and go on that journey again. Mm -hmm. So I get the struggle and I still feel the pull of, but there are all these things I haven't read and so many things I want to read. And so it can be hard. It is part of the dilemma of the reading life, when to reread, when not to reread. Um, But I think what we're saying in this episode is just that it's worthy of consideration. That was my goal. It doesn't have to be all that you do. 
If you want to go on a reading binge and read a bunch of new stuff for the next five years and then start rereading, that's okay too. Like it's, it's totally your choice. But, um, and I don't think like, honestly, a couple of those quotes by Lewis made me feel a little bit boxed in. Like I don't want to only read a few great books my whole life. Um, and I think that's, I think that's okay too, but Mm -hmm. I think, I think it is worthy of consideration. Well, my thought also was if you read something in school that's considered a great work and you did not enjoy it, that doesn't mean that you're going to not enjoy it 20 years later. Like that would be the one, that category would be the one that I'd say first start with those. Like, yeah, I've read them before. I took a test on it. I made a good grade. I hated the book. Maybe start with one of those and see what it has for you this time. Okay, so since our topic was not great expectations, we were not dissecting the book, but we were talking about rereads. I have a great expectations quote that I felt supported this idea that I want to share with you guys. So if you haven't read it, you'll just have to imagine that Joe is this very simple, very kind man that you you learn more about in the book. So in my best Joe voice, well, Pip, said Joe, be it so or be it sont, you must be a common scholar, afore you can be an uncommon one, I should hope. The king upon his throne with his crown upon his head can't sit and write his acts of parliament in print without having begun where he were an unpromoted prince. With the alphabet, ah, said Joe, and with a shake of the head that was full of meaning, and begun at A, and worked his way to Z. And I know what it is to do that, though I can't say I've exactly done it. So I thought, the first time you read it, you're an uncommon scholar, you're a common scholar. And then maybe your next time through, you'll be an uncommon scholar. Love it. (laughs) I love that. Well, listeners, if you're new... Welcome, first of all. We we referenced a Heidi White episode from last season, and that's episode 38. If you haven't heard it, go listen to it right now before you fold that next load of laundry. And it's worth a re-listen. Talk about rereading. That's worth a re-listen also. <laughs> so, listeners, in our Facebook group, let us know there's times to read new books and there's times to reread. So where are you these days? Have you reread books before? What's been your experience? If you haven't reread books before, are you open to doing it? Is that a goal maybe you have this year? Give us your recommendations. What are wonderful books that are worthy of being reread? I want to know your recommendations. And this is a square on our Book Fair 2023 reading challenge. It's true. So if if you're going to complete your reading challenge... It will include a reread. So let us know what inspiration you have and what you are planning. And let us know how it goes when you finish. And until next time, I'm Trisha. I'm Amanda. I'm Elizabeth. And happy rereading. (laughs) Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this, subscribe to Book Fair Podcast. Join our private Facebook group. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Or email us at chat at bookfairpodcast.com. And you can help us continue to grow. Share an episode with a friend, mention us on social media, and leave a review in your podcast app. We'll see you next Tuesday.